This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pruce, sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my favorite two co-hosts, Darren and Philip. Hey guys, did you know it's Captain Picard's day? Did you bring your paper mache Picards or your Picard Day banners? What do you guys have with you to celebrate this wondrous occasion? Uh, I actually, I got that confused with next Thursday. So unfortunately, I just made something really fast out of Play-Doh. So uh, it might look like the Enterprise. I don't... You are not... You are not Captain Picard's number one fan. I don't think I'm going to get a ribbon. Well, I, look, I actually knew about this and been doing a lot of hard work. Um, but luckily, it's really easy to do this paper mache USS Pasteur. I mean, you just use a balloon for the big <laughs> sphere. And for the... Oh, wait. Which Captain Picard day? Is this... This is yeah. Beverly Picard, right? No, no, unfortunately oh. not. Oh, my gosh. Really? Well, you, guys, that, name. That, you guys are That is awkward, prepared. Philip. That is, that is so awkward. Oh. That that would be Doctor, uh, Doctor Picard Day. I don't know. Like I know she's called Captain Picard in that that episode. That's, but yeah, it's not Captain Picard yeah, in D. Yeah. This it's, isn't but, but, a but CBS I'm, sitcom. But I'm asking, I think Captain like, there, there must than Doctor, be. I'm sorry, but I think that's is that is that how it works in the real world? Does anybody know? Because because you know, like you're addressed as a doctor. Well, like when I was in the army, you just called them rank name. You didn't say like, "Hey, the rank name, was still, how you doing?" You know, Major <laughs> Smith wasn't wasn't Doctor Smith. Uh, Doctor Smith? <laughs> no, not oh, not. Wait. We're not lost in space yet. <laughs> keep, Darn it! I was going aren't to say, we? keep us back on track, Phil. Aren't keep we? Keep us back on track, All right, guys, Daniel. Whoa, guys, we are getting way off topic here. Okay, so yes, this is going to be a slightly different episode than we're used to. Um, Captain Picard's day is going to be our metaphor. Uh, if our listeners are probably aren't aware, this is our 53rd episode, and it will be dropping right around, you know, a day or two shy of uh, of our one-year anniversary, guys. We have left Space Dock for a full year. How does that feel? I feel like it's re- I'm ready for a beard, uh, Daniel. It's uh, <laughs> it's time for a beard. It's been a year. I uh, I think that's it's. You now think time. you've earned your beard, huh? Is that what you're saying? I, I think I have. All right, all right. Well, I'm, I'm surprised no one's died. I mean, I thought for sure it was going <laughs> to be Daniel. I mean, I put even <laughs> money, I think, by the second episode. But um, now everyone's still here. No contract disputes or anything. Um, though, I, mean, I think I, Philip's going to get replaced by another co-host for another year, and then he'll come <laughs> back in the third year. I think that's uh, I, the that's writing's right. on the wall. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. You you can never keep a ginger away. That's the rule in next generation. And, you know, I I think this is a time, it's appropriate for me to say that, you know, for for our listeners, that, you know, I know you had your doubts about me, you know, about 
Daniel and Darren and about this podcast. But all I can say that even though we've been together for a short time, I know that you are the finest crew in the fleet. And I would trust <laughs> each of you with my life. So I'm asking you for a leap of faith. And oh, wait, I was going into something else there. Never mind. Never mind. I'm sad. It, t- it took me a while to catch where you were going <laughs> yeah, with that. Too. I'm like, I'm like, what? What speech is he quoting? Where is he <laughs> going with this? Uh, very good, Philip. Very good. So we're going to do something a little bit different. I wanted to celebrate this occasion, minor as it may be to to to, to everyone, but I'm excited about it. This is a year. This is it's been a great time. We've had a lot of fun over the past fifty or so episodes, and. I wanted to celebrate and have a fun episode. So what we're going to do is we are going to list off our five favorite episodes each. Our favorite episodes of TNG. Okay. There's a couple of ground rules, though, I want to lay out here first before we start. First, any episode which has Alexander even mentioned is disqualified completely. <laughs> um, second, we are going to count uh, uh, double episodes, you know, uh, two-parters as a single episode. Um, and I think really that's it. Now, there are, there's undoubtedly going to be repeats across the board. I don't know. But I, I'm thinking there is. I'm, I can almost guarantee there is, but maybe I'll be wrong. Uh, but we will talk, uh, you know, each of us can talk about, even if we all three mentioned perhaps one episode, if I were to guess. Aquiel. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we can still talk about it, each of us, throughout our, our three our turns. So, guys, that being said, a real quick introduction. I thought this was – I tried to make the list, and I every time I was trying to whittle it down, I was just thinking in my head, man, I wish this was a top ten list, and I wouldn't <laughs> be so brutal. I wouldn't have to cut so – there was it, – it was so tough for me to fi- – to pick just my top five. Did you guys have that same experience? Well, Daniel, it's like you have that VHS tape that you bought um, from Circuit City, and you can only tape so many episodes, <laughs> and this is the choice you have to make. Wait, why is no one, none of our listeners understand what I'm saying? E- even if you trim all the commercials and try to squeeze <laughs> every moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, as someone who – I think you made I think you made a good choice, though, Daniel, because as someone who – always picks topics that are ridiculously long <laughs> for lists. I warrant against choosing a top 10. I yeah. think picking a top, that'd be like doing something crazy, like, you know, seven times three <laughs> or, <laughs> or 47. I mean, who, who would do that? True. That's well, true. I like how the compromise was five. Like that's any less like, Oh, it's two less than seven. That'll be, <laughs> this will just be half an hour of a show. <laughs> So we should just we should just jump in, guys, because I mean we are going to have repeats. I can guarantee it. As, as, as skeptical as Philip may be, I'm skeptical. Well, I, I really do think we'll see. I don't know how there could not be, but 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 let's just get into it, uh, Darren. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, another another rule: we're going to be going in reverse order from. I don't want to say our least favorite, but but we're going to still, <laughs> you know. Do you mean Darren? Are you saying that to him? <laughs> no, 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 not to Darren. No, oh, no, no. No, but we're going to start, you know, with our fifth episode. No, no, I can read between the lines, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to start so, with our so, least favorite uh, host. I'll, I'll start off. Uh, this is Darren, the least favorite host of Earl Grey. <laughs> Maybe I'll be the one who doesn't come back for the second season. Uh, no, no, I I get what you're saying. No. All right, Darren. So okay, give us so give us your fill. I'm going to start off with um, the quality of life. 
I think it's a really solid episode. So this is otherwise known as the uh, Exocomp one, where Data defends the rights of his sentient brothers, the uh, the little, which would later show up as props in Enterprise. Don't think I didn't see that. But uh, no, I, I really like this episode because it, it really plays on the theme that you see a lot in in in, uh, in Star Trek: The Next Generation because you have. Uh, you know, you've already established at this point, like data's rights and you've had a lot of big rules, you know, and things established there. So to see that carry on. And then this is just the next step kind of in that story where he's like, well, now I have to defend these beings that can't speak for themselves. You know, they're, uh, you know, they, they can't even, you know, make chirps like a droid in star Wars. They can't do anything, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, don't. I mean, we all know R two was swearing up a storm, which is why they bleeped out every single word he said. But, uh, but no. So I, I really like quality of life. That's that's one of my top five. That that's interesting. I I was not going to to, to call that. Yeah, I told no, maybe, you. I told maybe you. you're right, Philip. Uh, well, yeah, and I think that episode is. In, I mean, I'm not going to say it, it's not in my top five, but but I think that is one that goes to the heart of but Star Trek and in the next generation. I mean, this is. New life. I mean, you know, it's right there on what we say at the beginning yeah. of every episode um, in various tones and voices. <laughs> Picard's like, there it sits, repairing my replicator. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the same as, uh, as his, his in-passing speech. So, But it is, in a lot of ways, kind of like a, like a sequel, in a way-ish, to, uh, to Measure of a Man, right? It's kind of... So if Picard in Measure of a Man is extending sentience and lifehood to Data, Data is therefore just extending it a little bit further. So I mean, it it definitely carries the same themes. Does that come before? Does that come before or after Offspring? Because then I would argue those are a trilogy. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure that's true. it's as before well. Offspring. No, but... uh, no, there's no way because Offspring's in season three, and I'm pretty sure. Um, Quality of life. Well, we're gonna look it up right now. This is the amazing thing about the internet. Um, yeah. But you're right. Yeah, I was gonna say even if it wasn't in direct, you know, before or after that, it's 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 on similar themes to uh, the offspring for sure. Uh, yeah, and because I mean, it's definitely interesting because yeah. data, like you said, is sort of alone. I mean, and even he kind of gives up, you know, after a while. Like, oh well, I try. What you gonna do? And then, but <laughs> then they, but then as as somebody once said, life finds life a way. finds a way. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Those, those scientists at Jupiter Station were so excited whether or not they could. They never stopped <laughs> to think if they should. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Uh, okay. Um, the, uh, great, by the way, I looked it up. Quality of Life is season six. So it's well after Offspring and Measure of yeah, That's what I say. I thought it was, I thought it was much I later. I did too. I, I thought it was towards the end. But uh, it's, a good, it's a good pick. And I, like, I don't mean to criticize you. I, I, I'm just saying I, I w- wouldn't have been – I wouldn't have put it, uh, you know, on that my list, which is why it's great we're each talking about this. So, Philip, what's your number five? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, for me, I had an opposite experience from you, Daniel. Number one is easy because it's like I don't know, it's not really tattooed in my mind, but maybe one day it'll be. So basically, it's all like, okay, my next bottom four, you know, like okay, then which is you know, on any given week, maybe it'll change. But um, and and I think I think I'm really gonna be different. Um. Because I, I think there's a lot of episodes that are good, but the ones I chose are ones that, like, I've purposefully queued up. 
at, you know, not just doing a rewatch, like, I'm going to watch this episode, which is different than, like, oh, this episode came on, it's awesome. This is, like, when I purposefully turn on. So, here I go. My number five is In Theory. Um, and this one is just because it's, it's, it's a pull on your heartstrings, I mean, to me. It's a pull on your heartstrings episode. Again, I guess Data episode, maybe that'll be the theme here. Um, data episode of, of, you know, him, his first girlfriend, I'm exploring romance. Now, I'll admit that there's like a B story they tried to squeeze in there that just doesn't need to be noticed. But the the A story of Data and Jenna and, and Data exploring this facet of humanity that, you know, is completely, you know, one step, you know, closer or behind, depending on your point of view, with how you view this episode. But but it all culminates in, in this human relationships and that end with, you know, the breakup and, you know... Do I understand that we are no longer a couple? Yes, and I will delete the appropriate program. <laughs> and he snuffs the candle and sits down, and Spot jumps into his lap, and he just says, "Hello, Spot." And the credits roll, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "So does that mean when Data watches Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, he's like, I totally get this movie," <laughs> <laughs> which is also directed by Patrick Stewart? There, so there you go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but. I mean, as a true fan of Picard, uh, Philip, you could not have picked an episode that features him less, right? He only gets just the one famous line. And, and I know. That's all he needs. <laughs> I, uh, I do love this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you get all the uh, crew giving their reactions on, on on love and romance. You get you get Riker with his wiggling eyebrows, um, you know, and, and, and Worf talking about Klingon women and, and, and Troy. I mean, everyone gets their moment in the sun. Um, and, but, but yeah, great, great episode for me. All right, guys, we're, we're cruising along with no repeats so far. That's good. That's good. After two, they didn't <laughs> hit each other. It's a miracle. The statistical odds of about 178 episodes, the two next to each other. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And we should, I should clarify too, that I did specifically tell my co-hosts here that I wanted them to pick their favorite episodes. Uh, not what they might think is the best episode because those two things can they're not you know mutually exclusive but they can they can Aaron, be independent Daniel saying our choices are stupid no 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 no, no. <laughs> because I, hey at least he says your choices are stupid he says I'm the least <laughs> co-host <laughs> of the of the bunch no because I because you know I've mentioned my number one before. So any astute listeners are are not going to be surprised by what I pick, but I doubt. If you want to go back and listen to the top, uh, our favorite episodes, as That's we true. listed true. one from every season, you might see some repeats on this list. I don't Absolutely. know. Maybe, maybe not. So maybe not. Yeah, my number five. Um, I'm going to give it to Sarek. Uh, I love this episode. Um, it's really interesting to me because it kind of – it's a Picard episode in a lot of ways that you don't think it is. Uh, and it matters. It hugely matters to, you know, of course, everybody, as soon as TNG came out, I'm sure people were like, who's better, you know, let's compare and contrast Picard and Kirk and, 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 you know, where do they fit in? And, and, but it's, it's so, it makes so much sense to me that Picard would kind of be connected more to someone like Spock than to Kirk. And so I, I mean, there's many, there's a ton of good things about this episode. Uh, doesn't Wesley get slapped? Is this the one he gets slapped in? 
No, that was the game, right? He gets slapped in the game. But he almost gets hit by Jordy. No, no, he gets he gets slapped cause, it, cause, it, because there's the there's the emotions that are like hitting everybody. Oh, yeah. And she's Beverly's like, never... all like PM, yeah. and yes, then she's was, like, and was. then I just slapped him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's Sarek. And I'm not a bad I, like I like uh, Wesley Crusher, but you know, come on. Every now and again, it could be a little annoying. So it's nice to lots of humility. And of course, you know, I love Sarek. I love the character of Sarek and the guy who plays him, Mark um, Leonard. Ever since you know, Mark Leonard. Thank you. Uh, from from Journey to to Babel or Babel, however you want to pronounce it. All the way through, I guess, uh, Unification would be his last appearance. But through the movies, he was in the movies. And uh, I, I love his performance. And I love his character. I think he's a very interesting guy. I wish we got to see more of him. And then, his, you know, his kind of experiences going through this basically degeneration of his body. I don't know. There's just, just so much for me to like. about, And this is an episode, like a lot of good Star Trek episodes, where I shed a tear. Like, it's you know, it's the episode known for... Why would a Daniel, Vulcan shed a tear? I remember only one tear. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it, but I knew Philip would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, nothing. There's literally to me nothing bad about this episode. It's super moving. It's super important to Star Trek, like to the entire mythos of Star Trek. Uh, it connects. It basically connects TOS with the rest of the, the universe, and in a really meaningful and not kind of uh, stunt casty way. And uh, I, I just, I think it's a fantastic episode. So, yeah, I mean, we've already talked about uh, Sir Patrick's acting in this episode, just fantastic. Just him in a room, which I forget who was there with him. I forget, Beverly, Beverly, I, or or Troy. I can't remember who was in the room with him. I think Beverly. I can't remember either. I think it was Beverly um, to to kind of you know do his medical monitoring. But she also was. She also, I think, like he, you know, was also held her hand or something. I think during a little bit of that. But um, I mean, and and also the real. I think a lot of Next Generation and a lot of Star Trek is weird to me that a lot of episodes are about getting older. Like a lot of episodes are about getting older. Which time is, is the fire yeah, in which we But like we they're burn. all written by like thirty year olds. <laughs> So, generations star trek 2 yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's so many that i like that and so you have this you know sarah i mean the analogy which is obviously for anyone who has an older parent or grandparent or whatever you know you, you see the aging process um and so you you see this great character and sarah growing older and having this disease and like but that's that's life and how do you handle this great man and but that you know he still has his moment of brilliance um through through Captain Picard's help, and it's sort of his last great, great mission. Yeah, I think, you know, because of how it peels away the psyche of the Vulcan, I mean, it says, I mean, you you, ha- you could only really do this kind of episode with Sarek. If it was any other Vulcan, it just wouldn't resonate in the same way. So it, it showed us and taught us things about that species that we wouldn't have known otherwise, and, and Star Trek's better for it. And, you know, like, I know I'm my love for Star Trek 2009 is, you know, you guys don't feel exactly as strong as I do about it, but what I love about what this sets up in Star Trek, you know, of course, Picard's freaking out, like experiencing all these crazy intense emotions and calling out for Spock and, and all of this stuff. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of echoed 
this is why I love Sarek as a character as well, Darren. And and then we get that in 2009 after his whole planet blows up. He loses his wife and he's like – Whoa, whoa, spoilers. <laughs> and he's like – and it's one of the th- one of the things – I you know, it's such, a, it's such an interesting character, I think, Sarek. And I really think you could do a, a, like a miniseries on him or whatever if you wanted to because he's so fascinating. Like, Well, in some ways he's in greater conflict than Spock because Spock I, I we get so. – you know, he's half human, half Vulcan. He's, but, like, Sarek made the choice to marry a human. Like, and, but, like, he, so his appearance is like, oh, well, he's this preeminent Vulcan. He married a human female, like, twice, I suppose. Um, but, like, <laughs> that's the greater revolutionary than Spock. Forget Spock going and joining Starfleet. Who's the ambassador? You know, this, he just, oh, it's a logical thing to do. But yet, that's, like, huge. Like, he's a revolutionary and pretends not to be one. Yeah, well, we will definitely do. We should. There's lots to, to dissect about Sarah. Yeah, I think Sarah's uh, more of a TNG character. Never. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does show up twice, right? And he only shows up in TOS once, I think. Only during Journey to Babel. And then, of course, the movies, which are separate, which a lot of people. Anyways, uh, Darren, what do you got for number four? Blow us away. Pick. Like the crazy, <laughs> like code of so honor. Rosa. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. You are up next. <laughs> okay, I chose uh, Starship Mine. Uh, this is it's just again like you like you said before. You know we want ones that you know really personify Trek, and it's just a really fun episode. Uh, Picard, you know, has his John McClane moments, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's. You know, when I was trying to decide between certain episodes, I thought, okay, if I'm, you know, thumbing through Netflix or, or something and I'm and I'm going to start an episode, you know, there's always those ones that rise to the top that were like, okay, I, I really feel like this one, you know, and a lot of times depends on, you know, how you feel emotionally, w- which episode you want to watch, but I'll always pop this in, you know, if I have a spare time, it's just, it's one of my favorites, uh, it's uh it's you know and you get you know pre tuvok tuvok you get uh hutchinson <laughs> there's, you know, uh, there's uh there's there's and there's so many quotes and there's so many great things from it and i think that really shows that it's a it's a great episode yeah i think the only quibble the only because it's a great episode the only quibble i have is like hutch gets shot i'm trying to remember the order hutch gets shot i think first and, like, you never see his body or, like, anything. And then, like, LaForge gets shot, and he's fine. You know, he's still ticking and running around. I'm like, what happened to Hutch? He just disappears <laughs> and throws it away at the episode. Like, show me the body at least. Like, I think they did have the body off to the side. Like, I thought they had a shot of, of Crusher checking him out, like, you know, confirming he was dead. No, it's like nothing. But... He just gets written. I mean, like, now, did you know that the, no, I don't have <laughs> that the body of Hutch actually <laughs> is called a MacGuffin and it's used to drive the plot forward here. Uh, yeah. That no, is and... also the episode where we're introduced to Parisi squares. If I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Cause they're right. all asking what they're going to do. Yeah, that that's right. Wor- isn't that why Worf isn't on no, no. the planet with the See rest that, of them? This is this. I love this part because this is the. You're talking about great scenes. Worf's like, "Sir, permission to skip Commander Hutchinson's." You know, <laughs> yeah. stuff, she's like, "Granted, I wish I could excuse myself." And Jordy's like, oh, "Sir, sorry, Jordy. Worf beat you to the punch." Yeah, yeah. It's like I can't. Well, first he's stern. He's like, "I can't excuse my entire senior staff," and then he's like, "Beat." 
Uh, he's like, you know, Worf beat you to it. And he's like, he's, he's like walking away. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those episodes that's just, I mean, it's just TNG personified in every yeah, it way. It's just classic. Uh, you know, it's a good 42 solid minutes of just fun. You're just going to have fun when you watch that episode. And the concept, I love the concept of the Baryon Sweep. It's yep. a very, like, you know, it's a very sci-fi thing, but it's it's basically the clock, the running clock that you have to outrun. It's the high noon principle, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it's great, and you know, and you get all those great shots of the Enterprise all powered down. Even just the shutdown sequence in the first act as they're setting the stage, like that's different. We don't see that very often. You know, everyone's scurrying around and and you know making sure their computers are in power save mode. And <laughs> and I think that has also, I think this is the only one in TNG, but it has that great fan shot. I mean, I would call it a great fan shot. When you said, like, everyone, like, is this the one where, like, Picard's, like, talking and then, like, he looks away for a second and then when he looks back, the bridge is just empty and then he just walks around for a moment mm-hmm. on the bridge and so. you can just, like, yeah. see him, like... I'm captain of the ship, and this is awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. He can, well, yeah, he kind of runs his his fingers along the mm-hmm. the horseshoe, and yeah. you can tell he's like, you know, okay, this is kind of worn from our adventures, and this is going to get cleaned off. Like, you're going to kind of lose a bit of the the grit of life that's been embossed into this craft, and it's going to come back a little different. And that's what he's kind of realizing. At least that's how I see it. I, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I actually see it a little differently. More, more of a nostalgia kind of thing. More of like, mm. not that he's going to lose anything, but like, what has he gained from all, all of his adventures? Like, oh my goodness, this is home. This is the most important thing to me in my entire life. I would gladly lose my life. That's, for this. that's when he's saying to himself, "Starship, mine." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Philip. Uh, what about you? What's number four for you? Number four, you know, similar lines, similar lines, except instead of a disaster in Starship Mine, it's disaster in disaster. <laughs> All right, this is <laughs> another this episode. preeminent episode where, again, everyone gets something to do, even Ro, because Ro's around. Oh, Ro, Ro, Ro. Yes. <laughs> um, she rows your boat in this episode. Um, she, she, I mean, look, it's it's all, Troy has to force to take command. O'Brien, right, is there. Mm-hmm. So, like, you get what could have been the DS9 cast right there on the bridge. Um, anyway, you, um, you, you, and you get, you know, Data's head. Um, you get uh, Worf delivering Keiko's baby, Molly. I mean, you know, there's there's everything going on here. Um, you may now give birth. <laughs> <laughs> the simulation was much easier than this. Well, I'm sorry, War. <laughs> uh, but and, the, and then like Beverly and Jordy, which is probably the, the the least of them. But but still, you get that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, this just this is awesome um, episode with everyone and craziness and and Picard. I forgot what have I almost forgot? Picard and the children. Yeah, you know, you get to you know have a special officer in charge of radishes. This is what TNG is all about. It's like the writers were like, "What would it take to keep Captain Picard in a turbolift with three children for several hours?" It's going to take a lot, so it's going to be a pretty big episode. <laughs> and like, was like the, the episode or the line when when they both go into the turbo lift, and I forget it was Riker or Troy's like. I don't know who to feel sorry for, the kids or the captain. Yeah. 
But you, I mean, to be fair, like you're totally right, Philip. Like w- in an episode that has an A, B, C, D, E, and F plot, <laughs> plenty of letters, you know, and, and we have uh, one weaker kind of link. Mm-hmm. It's such a it's such an impressive episode, especially because we don't see these characters interacting with each other like this mm-hmm. very often, and right. the bit players get to be a big thing, like. Uh, you know. Yeah, it wasn't Data in the Forge in the Jeffries tube. It was exactly. Riker and Data, and like that's it, the yeah. different pairings. I mean, it was Keiko and Worf. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they yeah. knew instantly. Bev- but like, who should we have give Baby Molly? Uh, it's got to be Worf because just... <laughs> that was the quickest one. We're and gonna I do push him actually, out of his comfort zone. <laughs> I love the callback to that because there is one in Deep Space Nine <laughs> when Worf and O'Brien get drunk, and he's like. You know, I, I I can't remember specifically, but I do. I remember feeling happy about it. But he was talking about his second child or whatever. And right. Anyways, I just I love that they call back to that moment because hey, Worf delivered O'Brien's child. That's that's crazy. That's awesome. That's so fun. And I don't. I normally don't like childbirth scenes on television, but that was so silly and so much fun. Right? Like Worf, so out of his element. Well, and you'd think in the 24th century with, like, even I mean, even with the tricorder, you can tell, like, he's barely <laughs> keeping it together. <laughs> well, yeah, we know how well, Worf with, with children. It, it never ends well. Especially well, there's to, only to their one, 20s. There's only one part that it, it just it, – it didn't irk me, but just – so the the main turbo lift is shut down and, and Roe climbs out onto the bridge. But if I remember correctly, it's like – Two feet up. And I was like, where is it going? Because (laughs) there is nothing up. Up is like out of the ship. I think, no, I think it's heading up. So she only has two feet. She's below the deck. Is she, it below? Because I honestly remember yeah, no, it I'm being almost above. Positive. They're going they're like, to the secret bridge. It's the, uh, yeah, the it's actually bridge. the secret garden of the Enterprise D. <laughs> no. Um. no, 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 no. That, guys, that's the Willy Wonka uh, turbo lift shaft. So, uh, I don't think Roe would have survived very long <laughs> in that chocolate factory. Oh, I tell you what, she wouldn't fall in an entire river of chocolate at least. <laughs> yes. so. Guinan would, would have been Troy. the ticket. That's, <laughs> that's all right, I can say. Right. So. Uh, what a great episode that is. This uh, is such, that's such a, good a fun one. episode. Daniel? Uh Okay, uh, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to give number four to... Oh, okay, I, I've got to stick with my list. I'm going to give number four... To, I, I'm, I'm always like... Shh. Okay, I'm going to give number four to Tapestry. Um, because, well, Q and uh, John Luck Pickard. And, uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, this episode... You know, a lot of what uh, Philip mentioned earlier about a lot of Star Trek kind of being about age and regret. And I mean, that's that's entirely what this episode is about. We we get to see, you know, I think everybody likes Captain Picard, but I'm sure they're, they're the, the critics of Picard are like he's stuffy and he's boring and he's intellectual. And he's, you know, he's not a man of action. And we see why in this episode we learn that he... He was a swashbuckling adventurer and, and, you know, was just all the ladies were swooning for him when he had a, uh, a full head of hair. Right, Philip? That's right. Because a he had full a full head of head hair. Of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a fun, funny episode because when you inter- in, in, 
introduce Q into it, but really this is where I think this is the truest Q we ever see on TNG. Uh, true Q. Haha, <laughs> I get it, right? <laughs> yeah. But but you know what I mean? Like, you remembered another like, one, Darren. <laughs> Good job. I can't tell you which one that is. That's probably <laughs> That's the um the girl one, yes. right? The girl Q. Yeah, okay. But it's I don't know. It's it's this is because there is kind of a bromance between Q and Picard all the way through TNG, but this is like the pinnacle of it. This is Q being like, hey, be thankful for what you have, man. Look at what you have and, and don't don't regret these decisions you've made. They've made you, made you who you are. And uh, also I get to see my favorite captain in my favorite color shirt, even though he's a bumbling idiot. But I love this episode. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, they really barkly them up. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think I mean it is a great episode, and I mean you get like for all those aficionados, they bust out the maroon Starfleet uniforms, right? You get to see um, what they were, you know, Picard wearing there in the I guess mid twenty fourth century. Um, so you kind of get some history there of building the history of Starfleet, you know, because you know when did these uniforms get changed over? So apparently they was it was it you, Darren? I mean, who who gave the great theory about the warming or cooling of the ships that they just started to just lose clothing <laughs> that was me of daniel there it was yeah, yeah. That was daniel. <laughs> because like look at it star trek star trek 2 and i think it was just two but maybe it was a little bit after that but they have like these super yeah. thick under collars like underneath <laughs> their giant maroon coats and then eventually they lose the under collar and then eventually they lose a the giant coat no there's so. just spandex after that moisture wicking um but anyway but yeah and you you, which i think it's a combination like it's i would say it's largely comedic but it's a almost i'd say 60 40 comedic seriousness for everything that you said i won't repeat what you just said you said it well um and so it is and and i think we've said this before that that there's almost a theory that i feel like we're writing that kirk or picard is kirk becoming picard and kirk is kirk becoming picard in other words Picard was Kirk when he was young, and Kirk was Picard when he was old. That you hmm. see, you see these these sort of you know these evolutions of you know, the reason Picard is Picard is because he was not a thirty five or nine year old captain that we saw James T. Kirk in yeah. TOS. You know, if we'd seen you know the Captain of the Stargazer or you know whatever, maybe it would have been different. I don't know. But you know, it is it is different ages. Bring- Arms yeah. raised in victory. <laughs> <laughs> we know a bit about his past. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, no, great, great episode. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on. Top three. This is this is big. No this is so big, far. <laughs> uh, All right, Don't and- don't bring up masks, please. Oh, Anything gosh. but masks. Well, f- well, first, I I I was again. It was gnawing at me that whole disaster turbolift thing. So I found a screenshot and <laughs> and. And you're right. Uh, what it was is the floor was higher, but it wasn't the floor. It was the top of the turbo lift. So yeah. it's as if it had just started going down and then she got on top of it and then came through. That's what threw me off because I remember her stepping down, but I thought it meant that the she was stepping down from like the inside floor. Oh, I got you. I got you. So which is where I was like, where is it going? Um, so, okay. Darren's number three. It's meh. I mean, it's, uh, it's, no, it's not meh. It's, uh, uh, I chose the Pegasus. Oh, just watched uh, that the other day. Uh, just, I mean, again, you get, it's a great Riker episode and it's a mystery. You have, you know, Riker kind of playing against character cause he's not telling Picard everything. You have a, the great, uh, 
you know, guest appearance um, for the captain. You have, you know, again, this other part of um, uh, what's it called? This other part of Star Trek history where you're learning a lot more about, you know, the treaties and, and why we don't develop. Yeah. Why we don't develop cloaking technology. And you even have the first uh, Romulan of a different race, which is sowing seeds for later when, um, you know, you would have like Tuvok and things like that. Uh, so, but yeah, just a great episode overall and just awesome visual effects. You know, the enterprise going inside the asteroid to the, to the Pegasus fused into the rock. I mean, that would be an awesome model. Just, you know, it's the only way to make the Grissom model look cool. It's just, <laughs> <to fuse it. laughs> but, uh, I mean, not Grissom, sorry, Pegasus. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's, it's it's one of my favorite episodes for sure. Yeah, and we really can't forget, I mean, about the classic classic scene of this episode when Riker goes into the holodeck. I knew you were ex- <laughs> And he sees the signing of the Charter of the Federation. You know what I mean? Like, it's so powerful. And we learned so much lore about Even Star Trek. Even if you say that, I'm not going to watch one episode, pause it, <laughs> pop in the finale for Enterprise, and then go back and be like, you know, it makes all so much you, more sense. You have to know the time marks. That's really the real fan knows where to start that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was watching it. Admiral Pressman is the bad admiral in this episode. Um and again, this is sort of a contrast yeah. in learning more about the Riker character because you get Ensign Riker. What was Ensign Riker like? Ensign Babyface. Right. Um, and you get the comparison between what then Captain Pressman thought of Riker and what now Captain Picard thinks of Riker and how Riker has evolved mm. as a character. Um, and, you know, who, what the kind of man he's – and the man we've known in these past uh, – well, this is the seventh season, so I'll say seven years um, or six and a half that we've seen. And – you know, and and then what we heard star from, years, Philip, exactly. star years. Um, well, that, you know, there's a, there's a good six year growth there with that beard. Um, even though I think Riker <laughs> says he's only had it for four or something, but anyway. Um, but yeah, and 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 I think you get that relationship. I mean, I, it's just a cool scene. I don't know why I think it is, but it just is the one where like you know. John Luke, always being a, a game master, makes Will come into his quarters. You know, he could have gotten a report just over some, you know, whatever. And so, like, yeah. I've been looking over this Will, and, you know, like, well, sir, you should really ask uh, Admiral Pressman. I'm asking you, Will! And, you know, <laughs> and this is like, you know, and this is the part where he's like, well, I'll just have to trust you're making the right decision. And then if I find that trust is misplaced, I'll have to reevaluate the command structure of the ship. Dismissed. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, and oh, snap. <laughs> it's so good, though. Like, it's yeah. it's such a powerful scene because he's not even questioning. He's not really questioning Riker's loyalty. He's just yeah. stating that if if you make the if you make that decision, he I think he regards him higher than that. I think he knows yeah. he's better than that. I was just going to say that reminds me of when Picard doesn't order Worf to give his blood. Exactly. It's it's the same kind of command style. He's not going to court-martial or order Riker to divulge this secret. He's like, I can't do that. I just have to trust that you're going to make the right decision and scribble it on this pad that I've slid across the table so I can read it when you step out of the room. No. And there's a huge danger. Like, there's a big danger in the last and final season of a show to introduce something about a character that we've known for years and years. Wait, Riker was genetically uh, engineered? <laughs> well, that wasn't even in the final season, and that works. Uh, but if we're going to talk Deep Space Nine, like, specifically what comes to my mind is, like, Cisco's mom was a 
uh, a profit. Uh, that doesn't. That totally falls flat for me. Dax was someone else entirely. <laughs> oh my god! She, she takes off her mask. Right? Uh, no, but like, and I think that that's the thing. Like, there's a big danger in in re- re- revealing those kinds of information. And this episode is so good because it fits. It makes sense from what we know of Riker and of his career path. And yeah, he must have learned a really tough lesson in that adventure, but it, it helped him grow into the Riker that we know. So it, it just, it works really well. That's true. It definitely has to be a season seven or six, you know, I mean, I know it's seven, but it's like a, a later series episode because I mean, you think about the first time Riker and Picard meet in encounter at Farpoint and the way they act together. It's just, if this had happened, you know, a week later, it would have been a completely different feel. Uh, but it but it works because it's the end. So, like you said, Daniel, it's a gamble, but it pays off because it does it right. And and the fact that you know this is seven seasons later, and guess what we do? We completely reference Encounter at Farpoint. Picard's like, you know, that time he didn't let his captain beam down. Gee, I wish we had continuity in this show. You know, yes, there. <laughs> that's, he's mentioning that's, that. I, he says, I've never met this guy before. And I was like, you, you chose your first officer without seeing him? Because Encounter at Farpoint's like the first captain's log. Well, I've never met yep. the, the ship first officer before. And it's, I just love that. And it makes a great cross-reference to those two views of record I talked about. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, Philip, uh, bring us into your number three. Um, well, I'm breaking your rule, Daniel, um, because, okay. frankly, it's a mutiny. No, Alexander does not count. Yes, there's, yes. There's no. Rascals. Rascals. Uh, okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> because I'd, I want um, Darren to have his remote control car. Um, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. But rascals. It, I mean, remote control bus. <laughs> thing was massive. It's like a, I don't know. Yeah. Hydroplane. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a great fun episode. Again, another Roe, Guinan, Keiko, Picard, you know, um, we little tykes episode version of them. Um, but it's great. You know, the Frangie, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, but anyway, is the, you know, the, premise is a little whatever but anyway but but it's a fun episode it's basically the junior starship mine you know the one you you can show starship mine for kids <laughs> no one dies in this one you know it's just the you know but uh you know it's and so i i mean it, what can you say it's it's i love that they brought back i mean talk about continuity hey you remember that kid we cast as his nephew let's just cast him as young patrick stewart it'll, it'll work you know he's <laughs> older now it'll it'll work um and so I mean, I just was that Renee. Yes, that was. was the actor who played oh, Renee. I, I, I wonder why you didn't get that joke from seventeen episodes I don't, ago. I don't think I. Yeah, I don't think I ever made that connection because yes. I think well because they don't ever have him standing next to Picard and he looks so tall yeah. around the other kids, but next to Picard he looks so short. So I didn't make the connection. Well, it was the puberty same was actor. kind of he's, him, you know. he, he's usually standing inside of a, a fireplace. Oh. oh, is that too soon? Is that... Oh my god! Burn! Gosh. Oh wait, no, that was sorry. Bad. Wow. That's even worse. I don't really wow. mean that. That okay. was terrible. Wow. See what we did there. That's why. That's why we. <laughs> I yeah. We can I cut exactly. that out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go cry for the next episode. Anyway, um, but but yeah, and and I love that those act those kid actors. I mean, God's bless them. They have their characters down. Pat Keiko yeah. even has little Keiko yeah. down. Pat Miles Edward O'Brien. You kind of like, oh my god, how did she do yeah. that? Yeah. So it's yeah, little Guinan yes. was like spot on. <laughs> I mean, her's there is exactly. 
There is no reason this episode should work on any level. It is the stupidest <laughs> premise. It is it's it's like you read it on paper and you're like the Enterprise crew becomes the because of a plant. The <laughs> Enterprise crew becomes young, yeah, prepubescent versions of themselves, and hijinks ensue with the Ferengi. And it's like you're like, nope, I don't want to watch that episode one bit at all. But it's so much fun, so much fun. All right, guys, uh, my number three. I'm going to say it. Uh, all good things. Uh, if for no other reason, but there are many other reasons, <laughs> but if, if for no other reason, I'm going to say for the final scene, which chokes me up. If I, I can watch the last two minutes of that episode uh, and cry every time. I just love it. I just, it's so powerful. But it's such a perfect ending to this, this series, like in every respect. We see all of these characters that we, we grew to love, you know, uh, Yarhu, um, we get to see Q, we get to see Ashif O'Brien again, uh, you know, from the very beginning, all of these people, and then we get to see our most beloved characters in a happy future, kind of, for some of them anyways. We get to see Data with emotions, without going crazy, you know, and uh, we get to see a, a Captain Riker. Admiral. You know, Admiral, no, that's right, he is Admiral. 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 Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad, Bad Admiral Riker. Riker. So true. And, uh, you know, it's just past, present, future. I don't know. I can't think of a better series finale than All Good Things. And um, I think All Good Things makes up for Encounter at Farpoint. I think, I think TNG, in my opinion, weakest starting episode of any Star Trek show, strongest finale. You know, and that's so I, I think it makes up for that. And I think that's why it's on my list. I mean, yeah. What can I mean, we did a whole episode just about all good things because it's 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 that great. Yeah, two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I what what can you add other than yes? It's it's it, and I love the beauty of all three time periods, which I'm probably repeating myself. What I was on the show, but like, I love that we get the prequel to Encounter at Farpoint. Like, we get those first yeah. few scenes. We get the Yar, you know, piloting Picard. We get you know. Him being on board, taking officially taking command. You know, we get Data and O'Brien meeting for the first time, and and it's just it, it's it's awesome and present and future and and all that stuff, which we just you know flush on the toilet in all the movies. But in the, regardless, I suppose, <laughs> um, you know, there there you go. You know what just occurred to me, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because as my co-hosts, I expect you to. That's our in, job. In all good things. When Picard comes onto the Enterprise and he's in the hangar bay with with a uh, Yar, there's a guy with the little whistle, right? Yeah, Bunsen whistle. Right. Whatever. Okay. Well, you would know better than I. Yeah, um, that's a Navy the, thing. The, 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 the boss. Oh, okay. But we also get that in uh, Jellico. In, oh, yeah. When Jellico Change comes of command. on, yeah. right? Change of command. Um, is that? I mean, that's kind of a consistency oh, yeah, thing, yeah. right? Like, I mean, we we didn't see it initially. I don't know. To me, it just those things connected in my mm-hmm. mind, but. I I think it's just like Philip said. It's not necessarily a a Star Trek continuity. It's a it's a Navy Armed Service continuity thing. Like that's does it, does it happen every time in Star Trek though? I don't know. Like I like I literally yeah, just we don't have that many changes of command. And honestly, I think we have the most changes yeah. of command in our series. It's not like we even have an episode called Change. Changes <laughs> of Command. Yeah, I mean. Anyways, okay. We well, we never got to see like you know. Decker take command in the motion picture or, or, uh, well, we did get to see, we did get to see Kirk t- 
take commands from Decker. <laughs> they just like punched him instead of the whistle so, <laughs> in the gut. Um, we also get to see uh, the original series crew steal the Enterprise right. as well as a Klingon ship. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, of course, those are different circumstances. But um, all right, uh, Darren, we're last two. Here. I know, still no got? repeats. What's going to happen, folks? I didn't see. It's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. Come all on, right. guys. It's going to so, happen. So, <laughs> uh, this one, again, just one of my favorites. Uh, you probably could guess just from how much I talk about it. Uh, Gambit. Uh, I just, again, for the reasons I've stated many times before, I think it's a, I think it's a great episode. I love how all the characters get to do things. I love when Riker's in command. I love when data's in command. Um, I love that, you know, all those scenes. I love Picard getting to flex and use his other skills that have been established it's not just like oh yeah he's just gonna pretend i'm gonna pretend i'm a physics major you know i'll totally blend into this crew it's like no he's he's using his passions and uh and and doing and and doing that so i really i really like that again yeah it takes a weird left turn in the last act of the second half but and no one was fooled that picard is actually gone in the beginning when they're all worried but you know those things aside, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Well, one thing I didn't get, maybe you all did, I didn't get this as a reference until this rewatch when I was reading in, you know, uh, Larry Nemechek's, um companion. What name does Picard use? G- Gaylor? Galen. No, Galen. Uh, Which Galen. is the name Galen. of his professor from The Chase. Oh, my goodness. Oh, really? my gosh. You're I right. Never, it's, that's yeah, so that's right. Talk about continuity. I don't even catch it all the time. And I was like, so that way, if they dug a little deep, they'd find that there is a Professor Galen yeah. of archaeologists. Oh, and he and of course, Picard can back up what he's saying because he's, you know, yeah. So there, there you go. Oh, that's, that's great. That's a good. That's <laughs> a good little go. thing. And, and also yeah, he right. only he knows how to reset the Ikea lights, you know, to <laughs> scan the artifacts. But and also data in command. Finally. <laughs> well, he broke the prosotronic ceiling. You know, it took took uh, most of the major bridge crew being incapacitated <laughs> or removed, but it did happen. Um, did, do you feel like that when Riker came back, Data had a "I told you so" moment? That's why we don't let the captain on away team commander. That's why I told you. <laughs> well, no, it, we got the even better moment oh, where yeah, he leads him off to the brig. <laughs> He's yeah, like, you know, and he's kidding. like, no, Data, he is joking. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Data's <laughs> that's like, true, that's good... he's just walking him, you know, with his hand on the shoulder. Uh, I don't want to just, like, I really don't. Darren, I'm, you have your opinions, I have mine. And I don't, did, uh, Gambit is not, wouldn't even be in my top 25, frankly. Uh, but there are so many classic scenes. There are so many good parts of these episodes that make them so entertaining. Of course, we've talked about this before when the Data and Worf kind of exchange oh, yeah. that they have. And there's just a lot of good stuff. And I would also picture. argue, I mean, we've mentioned this in this, I mean, just now, the the Picard-Riker relationship you can really see here. Because when they're in this position yeah. of where, like, Riker rises against almost, I mean, not really, but almost in command of Picard in these fake scenarios. But you see them, you know, almost being equals in a sense and the way they talk to each other and relate to each other and, and the, the back and forth and, and Picard gets to punch Riker and then Riker gets to punch him back, <laughs> which I was like, Oh, how many times do you get this chance for your captain? Bam. Um, so. And that's true, Philip, because I, I, I really like that moment where you realize that Picard's there because 
right there, Picard's taking a huge risk because Riker could, I mean, if Riker doesn't like follow along with what Picard's doing, like he'll totally blow the undercover part of his mission. And I mean, fortunately Riker's, you know, awesome and just totally, (laughs) totally picks that up really fast. You know, he's like, yes, person I've never met before. I, I totally agree with you. You know, I totally Um, don't agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so Kirk and Spock are legendary, but Picard and Riker have such a good relationship in so many ways yeah. I actually think that they can they could they can give Kirk and Spock a run for their money at least at the well, very least and, and I would in the, the, the in the Starfleet Olympics when it's the two man team <laughs> yeah. Kirk race. and Picard <laughs> well like <Sack> race. <laughs> well and I think the the and I don't know I don't I mean I'm not trying to start a fight here but I think you know because Kira and Cisco come from literally different worlds. Um, I don't know if they can. I don't know. I don't. Like, I, I don't want Niners mad at me. I don't feel like they can. Maybe that, I'm completely wrong. I don't feel like they can jill the same way. I feel like Chakotay and Janeway. Obviously, you know, there's the romance thing, but like they're almost always. Well, not always. They're often butting heads, and then to Paul and Archer kind of take a while, both different worlds, and they come together. But I think Picard and Riker kind of instantly gel. In some ways. I mean, I think a lot of ways they instantly Mm -hmm. gel. And throughout seven years, it's the time where you can almost – they almost read each other's minds about what the other person wants them to do. You know, just a nod or a blink or a tone and like, oh, I got it. I'm I'm here I go. And also anyone who thinks Picard's a stuffy, do-nothing shirt, he kicks all kinds of ass in this episode. So, And and not (laughs) only that, like it's – it's you know, it is – you're right. Like it's it's Picard and Riker – as characters complement each other in so many ways. Mm, yeah, they do. And and it's it's like of course, you know, leaving alone Kirk and Spock because because they are. They're they're pop culture icons. Like they would yeah. not exist without each other. Kirk would have never been Kirk without Spock and Spock. So it's so hard to compete with that. But I don't know. I actually think the relationship between Picard and Riker is is just as strong and just as rich, and we see so many moments where they're like they just get each other, you know what I mean? And they just know, like like Philip said, they just gel. So they gelling. They gel. They gel. I'm gonna delete that out. <laughs> <laughs> you demand. Right, okay. I'm never saying that again. <laughs> Guys, let's let's break it down here. All right, Philip, go ahead. Number All two, right. bud. Is this a love boat? He's back! Deja Q! Uh, yes! Deja. This is a great... Wait. Yeah, this is where he loses his powers. This is thank you. This okay. is a great, <laughs> wonderful episode. I mean, you want to talk about memorable moments. It's like every single line in this episode is memorable moment. Um, you know, you get naked Q, you get Wharf Banner, you get Picard Banner, Q Banner, Perspicacity Incarnate. Please, please, please don't hesitate to tell me the story of the boy who cried Wharf. Um, you know, this is just, <laughs> you know, everything going on. Guinan Q stabbing, uh, you know, all the chocolate sundaes. Um, Jordy, you know, Q, who do you think you are? Jordy thinks he is in charge. 
and he is correct. And, you know, <laughs> just everything awesome is – and you get Q even having a reflective moment. And you get the other first time we see another Q. Q! Yeah. Hey, I wasn't the one who misplaced the entire Deltivid asteroid belt. You know, it was just great, great episode that you want to watch again and again and laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah. This is one of the better Q episodes. You're right. It really cements him as kind of like the trickster and it's just, it's got so many one-liners. I mean, John Delancey is just, like, in rare form. And, of course, we get the the amazingly touching scene at the end when he, when he, he connects Daniel with Data, of all people. sheds a tear. And he, and he gives Data a laughter, so. I remember several Such laughters. Such a good. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> well, that's because, you know, he had learned the power of friendship. <laughs> this is not he, my little pony. <laughs> it is knew, now. And it he knew <laughs> that that was the greatest magic inside all of us. <laughs> Perhaps a residue of humanity has rubbed off. All right, guys. All right. I'm, I'm going to do it. What's your number I'm, two? I'm going to break. Um, I'm going to break our non-repeating. Uh, Set our the non- rule and then break the rule. Deja Prue. <laughs> Come on, guys. Number two, I have to give it. I have to. To the to the episode that changed television history. Oh, well, that's... Go ahead. I, I don't know why you think you're breaking anyone's. Go ahead, Liz. Go ahead. <laughs> I can't believe it. You guys did not put... You didn't, you're telling me you didn't put we'll Best of Both Worlds on your list. Well, you'll find out. Right. Next you'll time. find out okay. in three more Earl months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I will just... I will just pretend like it's just a regular episode. <laughs> um, best of both worlds. Change television history. It made... You know, you know, give, give Deep Space Nine and Voyager props for dealing with the Dominion and the later Borg, respectively. <laughs> and later Enter- Borg. And Enterprise props for dealing with, uh, you know, the... Uh, Indy? Uh, we had to deal with the real Borg, the scary Borg, the, the threatening Borg. And uh, I don't know. The, come on, guys. Let's locutus of Borg. And there's not nothing more important this, to uh, t- <laughs> it's like first season. There's nothing more important to <laughs> TNG lore except than lore. the Borg and, and except lore, maybe. All right. Know. I mean, it's, I, it's, a, it's so good. Okay, again, I'm I'm gonna probably make some enemies with this, but like, okay, it, I agree, totally changed television, <laughs> great, great episode, but, but again, like, I come down to, like I'm saying, like when I'm thumbing through episodes or like I want to pop in something that I know I'm gonna instantly jump into, I I don't pick best of both two, worlds. It's two hours. I don't have that kind of time, man. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, part of it is the length, but it's. I feel like sometimes there's there's single episodes that better like because you, you feel it stretched out. Like I mean, obviously because you have the cliffhanger moment, but and there is like a long slow burn to like build up to the Borg actually showing up. Um, but you know, so yeah, no, I'm not denying it's a it's a great episode and and definitely one of one of the best of of next gen. Uh, but. And you know, I see how you put it as number two on your list. Yeah. You're like, it's the best though, number yeah. two. On- <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think I'm, to me, this is almost so epic. I mean, it might as well just be like the first feature film. You know, you know, it doesn't even count as an episode. Um, and 
Well, it could have beat Insurrection anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's you know. <laughs> I forget now. Was this the first two-parter? It yes. was. We are. I know we yeah, talked first. about this, but I forget. This, this remember okay. the first time you ever saw the words "to be continued." That's bum, 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 bum. Yes. Um, you have ruined our summer. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, look, we I, it's unnecessary for us to talk about it because everyone knows why it's so great. But we'll talk about it anyway. Um, I mean, you get the introduction of Shelby, which grown, but I mean, like, you get like maybe she, is this a new character? Like, is she going to be like for real character? Like, what's going on? And Riker has four pips now, and oh my god, what's going on? Um, you know, and and it's 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 just craziness, and and you get more Riker character stuff right about you know him getting offered the okay. chair again and what's his, what's his life all about we've which i know we talked about this before um but yeah i mean it, why I, couldn't shelby why could not shelby have become our permanent helm officer <laughs> like, she wasn't doing anything else as far she as she was know. a why commander the fleet <laughs> well so what She's not doing anything else. Well, well by the rules of <laughs> TOS, JP would never let her. By the rules of TOS movies, a, you can have like a full commander at the navigator position. Exa- it doesn't matter. Exactly. So what? I think I think you touched on what I was actually trying to to get across, Philip. It's not. I think I really loved the best of both worlds the first time I saw it because I think a lot of its power is around how it came out, being the end of the season, being you literally didn't know if. Riker or Picard were going to return next year because they could have done stuff like that. I mean, you know, Beverly disappeared, you know, Tasha was killed. So Star Trek had established (laughs) itself as a show that could do that. Whereas now we, we live under so much hindsight that it's just, it's not even a flicker on, on the emotion grid for that. It's not even just hindsight. Like we live in the internet, internet age where they wouldn't cut off, there's no way that they would cut the main character of a show without people knowing about it way beforehand. Right. So it was feasible in 1992 or whatever exactly. it was. That, that per, and, and not only was it feasible, I believe at the time that they filmed the episode, they had no idea that Picard was going to come back. So it was, it was totally reasonable to think, oh my goodness, this show is totally changing. I think in 1990. Um, and, and the fact that, that this sets up I mean, doesn't I mean it's only it's this, literally the second Q or the, the second Borg appearance, but this sets up everything. Emissary, basically, this is that you know, um, and then yeah. first contact and and and, and Voyager. Okay, now that's five. Through that's seven. a pause I would do. Yeah. I could get behind watching part of this both worlds, pausing and then watching the sequence Wolf from uh, from Emissary and then going back. That would be that would be cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, even this, even the sequence from Emissary isn't that great because it's mostly told from inside the Saratoga. So it's like, I mean, we do get to see more, of course, than we get. You to You actually see, see the in, Melbourne in exploding in? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> see, we, we see basically some... use other series to flush out our show <laughs> that's been off the air. I mean, that... <laughs> well, it, it wasn't off the air. The, the beginning time, of Deep Space Nine and the end of Enterprise are just supplements to TNG. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't think I even have to say it. <laughs> Look, I mean, do people people do say? <laughs> Not uh, okay. I am gonna I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stake this claim right now. Okay. People claim that that the that uh, these are the voyages is more of a TNG episode than a Enterprise episode. Right. 
And they don't make that same claim for, for Emissary. But if we compare the TNG elements in These Are the Voyages to Emissary, which one actually has more TNG time? Than the other, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm laying a theory out there. You can Any... talk to us on our forums at trek.fm/slash <laughs> or Rich Daniel at Twitter at One Up Dan. Anyways, guys, let's let's move on because we've t- we have a whole episode on Best of Both Worlds. We don't All right, to, now it's now it's now it's the number ones here. Did you want to take over truth. the show, Philip? I'm I'm excited to prove no, you ca- wrong that there will be no <laughs> I'm repeats. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just teasing you, Philip. Um, yes, let's this do This is my number one episode. This is my number one episode. Okay. <laughs> let's finish up, guys, here. And uh, Darren, bring us in. Bring us home with your number one pick. Okay, it's I homework. had to go no, with this episode. It's, Chips it's, of the Line is not an episode. <laughs> you have to pick something else. <laughs> Uh, so I chose for for my favorite, and actually did a bunch of reading on this episode. Not like a book <laughs> reading, but like other other reading. Uh, I chose Yesterday's Enterprise, uh, and which was cool. So again, it was one of the first spec scripts that came from you know outside when when uh, next when Next Gen said, "Hey, we're going to start accepting you know story submissions," and uh, some of the people had wanted to do some sort of like. Uh, the Guardian of the Galaxy. Uh, Guardian of Forever? Yeah, Guardian. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> uh, they wanted to do a, you know, Guardian of Forever, you know, kind of time stream thing and maybe even reference Kirk and, and Spock and kind of just touch back on that episode. And that kind of got merged with this story, which had the Enterprise C in it. And um, they got a little extra budget because of Sweeps Week. So you got the Enterprise, um, you know, you know, I think it was like a $10,000 model to build the sea. Uh, it's only, but great, but great episode. I mean, it, the person who shot at the director was the second time, you know, directing an episode of, of next gen. So he didn't, he wasn't a, a, a seasoned pro, which was good because he shot it in almost the exact opposite way, like down lighting and, or up lighting and longer lenses and, you know, all these different things to falling rocks, all the little changes, to uh like military log and all the little changes they did i love it's just like um it's like a mirror darkly i love how they they just totally take you into that alternate you know world and it's it's a lot of fun and uh and it's it's been voted not just by me but by many fans as as one of the best of trek all right daniel trash is choice <laughs> no, I, I was this close to, uh Yesterday's Enterprise was it was between yesterday's Enterprise and Sarek. And honestly, today's a Monday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. I might have picked yesterday's Enterprise. I think a case of the spot, Mondays so. is what made you think of Sarek. Anyway. But um <laughs> It's so good. This episode is incredible. There's nothing to hate about this episode. And as Livingston fans, we should all love it because they mentioned Cetacean Ops. There you go. Now, I noticed Livingston wasn't in this episode. Now, was he on the Klingon vessel, Daniel? He was in Cetacean Ops. Oh, okay. Ops. He was commander of Cetacean Ops. He's in he his had... battle pod. I, I, was, I didn't know battle mission if Yar's log. death had also promoted him and that, you know, if... Anyway. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, the production... Like, when I really think about Yesterday's Enterprise, like, the production value in this episode is crazy. Because, I mean, yeah. they basically re- 
well, I mean, not like rebuild, but like redress, but heavily redress the bridge heavily. Like there's a platform now um, and, and, and the lighting yeah. and the sounds are all different and there's way more people around and costumes and and then you have a whole other costumes with the Enterprise C. And I mean, this was like a movie, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like a two parter, I would say, not a real movie. But anyway, but like, you know, this, this is, I mean, a great, great thing. Um, and, and it's interesting. You know, again, I love this episode. Again, not at my top five. Um, and I don't even know if it'd be my top ten, maybe. But it's it's interesting that a lot of the fan. So you say about everything yeah. we choose. Well, it's like the, the, the <laughs> fan favorites, oftentimes of shows are outside of the norm. So, for instance, um, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, right? TOS. Everyone always ranks that in the top. It's really not my one of my favorite TOSs. Um, but again, you know, it's hardly the only Enterprise, right? Um, but here's yesterday's Enterprise. Um, we haven't said another episode, which I won't say it in case someone else does. Um, there's, there's another episode of TNG that's usually very famous, very little on the Enterprise. Um, and, and so... Inner Light. Yeah, they're not. Okay, I'll say it. Inner Light, right? Which, again, not in my <laughs> top ten personally, but I know I'm in the minority because, you know, most people drool all over that. But yesterday's Enterprise, great episode. Michael Dorn got to sit this episode out, right? So I bet you he feels a little bad. But anyway. He was... No, no. Well, he, he didn't sit he, the he, entire he episode out. He drinks his prune juice. We, we, yes. He gets his prune juice in this episode, you know. A warrior's drink. That's why they gave him a little scene, because they felt bad that he was going to be in not in, like, 85% of the rest of this. Uh, well, and, and yeah, I, and we're really, you know, glad that they did that bridge reset, because they reused so many of those other pieces in later episodes, like Parallels and, you know, other future episodes where it, they needed to tweak the Future bridge. Perfect. Yeah. Things. And so without the money spent on this sweeps episode, I, I mean, that probably wouldn't have been in it or you wouldn't have been able to do as much because the budget wouldn't have been there later on. Uh, and you get Wesley oh, with yeah. his like slick hair yeah, uh, and that cool battle screen right behind him. So it was, it was really cool. It was a, it was a great episode. And the last acceptable usage of Yar. Don't bring her back as a Romulan, people. It doesn't make any sense. But well, what's no. funny is it actually sets up <laughs> what you call a non-acceptable use of the character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, well, wait, I, wait, wait. No, you, you said well, last all good things. Well, usage. I mean, of course. All, all good, good things. things. But that's that's actually not... This is a previous character. This is the character from before season one, so that doesn't count. I don't have time you know what I'm saying? It's to just... talk about time. <laughs> We'll talk about this lady who who keeps getting brought up occasionally at some point, I'm sure. Uh, right I just before we uh, talk about Severus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's but it is it is like a movie. It's it's such a good episode and it's super important. It fills in a lot of the gaps that we get between TOS and TNG. And talk about relationships. I mean, even given the two parter, which shall not be spoken of. Um, the Guinan Picard relationship. Time's arrow. Yeah, 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 thanks a lot. Um, no, I don't think it's that bad, but it, I just I think it's disappointing. Um, but Picard and Guinan, like, like she's like, no, go ahead and kill these people. Picard's like, I don't want to do that because that's stupid. Um, but then he's like, well, I don't know. You're saying it, so I guess I'll go kill the people. You've always been <laughs> right with the lottery numbers before, Guinan. I guess I learned to trust you. Because I mean, like, that's really fun. Uh, not fanatical, fantastical is what I'm looking for. It's a fantastical thing that, you know, like, just because the barmaid told you to do it, you're doing it. I mean, like, that's what the Captain Garrett and all these other folks, but, 
you know, that's that's Skyn and Picard, and that's what the show was, you know, has f- cemented. Philip, number, number one. one. This is no con... Justice. <laughs> Hashtag justice. Um, this is not no competition. <laughs> when you asked, name your top five, wrote down number one easily, and then had to open up the episode titles to think of the other four. Family. <laughs> so did I for the other. Yeah, there you go. Family. Um, Family. I will episode. watch that. Oh, God. So many times. So many times. I will just turn on family. Usually probably when I'm not feeling the happiest. But nevertheless, it you know, it it is a great, great episode. Um, you know, as as we often talk about, it's basically the best of both worlds trilogy. Um, this is the Return of the Jedi of it. Um, and uh you know, I mean, and and it's one of those things, you know, I always watch it usually for the Picard at the end. Like, you know, because I think that, that yeah. you talk about Best of Both Worlds. We've quoted Daniel. it a lot tonight. <laughs> yeah. Best of Both Worlds, Daniel. You talked about that. And I think what sometimes got people about TNG is like, oh, it's episodic. Which it wasn't, as we've argued here in the first three seasons. But even if you think that, what happens in that fourth season, end of TNG, Best of Both Worlds? Okay, we've beaten the board. We're all done. Oh, I guess we're done now. And then Picard just stops. Turns out, and that music, and then we're gonna have to deal with that. Is what that music says. And then family says, "Yes, now we're still gonna have to deal with this." And you know, Troy and Picardy, they talk about the counseling. They talk about the nightmares. I'm, I'm getting, feeling stronger. I'm better. You know, um, and you just get that family <laughs> dynamic. <You> get, I'm, <laughs> yeah, and and you learn about Picard's backstory. You learn about Worf's backstory. You learn about Beverly and Wes's backstory. Geez, we actually have character moments, believe it or not. Um, and and the the funny part is, like I said, I always watch Picard, which I'll talk about that all day long. But let me give some room for the other ones. The Worf one—that's the one that really surprisingly gets you when you don't like. Oh, I just—I'm just here for Picard and the boy. Oh my God, Worf's parents are awesome. Um, you every know. time, <laughs> every yeah. single He's time. He's got the best yeah. parents. And I, I don't know if I read this or it's a commentary, but but I, somewhere was saying that the the most stable family unit that this episode shows <laughs> is the adopted family. That is mm-hmm. the Klingon adopted yeah, family. That and I mean, I, there's the part where they're like, you know, you know, I must share this alone. No, you will not share this alone. I am your mother, and I, we it doesn't we don't care about it. We love you. You're our son. That's all that's important for us. And you're just like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm actually well. As part of this, uh, we have to actually cut our hands open right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you get the Wesley one, which is not you know, it's not bad, but obviously in comparison to the other two, it, it's not as strong. Um, but you know, it's, oh God, that's the, just will kill your soul every, in a good way every time. Cause I mean, it's just a release, which after all this, like, I mean, I mean you know, I, I feel like I've talked bad about enterprise, but I mean, I, I do, I mean, enterprise is not my favorite out of all the series, but I do like enterprise. Um, but like, I think that's what one thing they, that it's been a long well, road, Yeah. Well, really. the one thing, like, with them, which I'm not the first one to say this, after the Zendi, it's like, okay, they don't have their family. I mean, it takes them two episodes to get the family. I forget what it's called. Um, but basically, they have to go through space Nazis, and then they get their family episode. Oh, God. You know, it's like, ugh. You know, you got to give that. Oh, God. Yeah, you, but you got to give that relief, which I, I like the one when, when Archer's climbing the mountain, which is a metaphor. Um, and, um, but, I, but you just need that release. And, and Worf's release with his parents, which, again, isn't even from the Borg. That's from, like, stuff like a season ago, you know, with his discombination. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I could talk about it all day. But yes, family. You have all the ships and diagrams. <laughs> and you get O'Brien, you know, him being an enlisted guy, finally. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all that <laughs> pip stealing kept him down in the ranks. 
you know, I wish I do, I really do, and I know this may be an unpopular opinion. Worf is like a lot of people say Data is the the Spock character, but no, Worf is the Spock character. Worf is the man in a conflicted situation and doesn't he, he's split on how he should be. Of course, he's born completely Klingon. It's true because he doesn't want to be human. He wants to be his. He wants to be. Klingon. He wants to be Klingon. That's he wants true. His keg blood but he's pie. raised as a human. I mean, he's raised as a human in these loving, which we learn in family, which is incredible, in this amazing human family that will, in every way they can, accommodate his Klingon heritage. But he never acknowledges that, especially as we go on, especially as we get into Deep Space Nine, especially as I am a Klingon. Blah 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 blah. But it's like. Wait a minute. You love these parents so much. And Where were they at your wedding, Warwick? Where were <laughs> <Exactly>. they? <laughs> oh, don't get, me, don't get me started with that. <laughs> just do a podcast on everyone who should have been at the Wharf Jensen <laughs> wedding. Really sh- In fact, we will. <laughs> Next. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but anyways, uh, a great episode. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my goodness. You're right. I I get emotional at the, at the at the mud wrestling scene between Picard and his brother every time, but I'm always thrown off by how emotional I get from from Worf's mom and his father every single time. Every, without a, without a, without failure, it's like wow, that hits you. It hits you because that's all anybody wants, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's all everybody wants. Yeah, I mean, just uh, craziness, and then the, you know the whole. Guinan, you know, talking to the parents and everything. But I mean, and also don't let me miss the the Picard because that's the great one of just like these people, little oh, Picard stuffy dude. This is him revealing his character that the brother, you know, his brother has that opinion that people say, oh, John Luke's stuffy. He's always smart. He's always. But then you see that this man, and we've talked about this before, you know, I mean, again, I hate to use the word rape because that's obviously a serious thing, but, you know, whatever the word that would be that's not rape was, you know, whatever, violated by the Borg. Um, And he's like, I wasn't strong enough. I couldn't just Like, this man knows that he has death and blood on him, that he caused this destruction, and there was nothing he could do to stop it, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And his brother says, well, you know what? You're not perfect. You're not, you don't have all the answers and you never will. So you just got to figure out where you want to spend the rest of your life and the enterprise or with Atlantis. I don't know. All right, guys, we've been talking for a long time here. My choice is not going to be anybody's to anybody's surprise. Um, I'm going to say lower decks. I, uh, first of all, I can't believe we didn't repeat uh, anything. I'm so surprised, but yes, uh, lower decks. I've mentioned many, many times. Lower Decks is not only my favorite episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, I think it is the finest 42 minutes of Star Trek ever produced. Um, a lot of people, well, uh, I would imagine most people would disagree with me, but it is so good. There's, it's, it's the first time I felt more than Wesley, uh, more than... Jeremy Astor, more than any other kid on the show, more than any other youth on the show, it was the first time I felt like, truly felt like, the Enterprise was a living, breathing environment, a community, and that the the that the, the, the less important people, that the people that we aren't shown all the time matter. Uh, it's emotional, 
we get to see a lot of we do see a lot of actually main characters doing a lot of things. We see a lot of Riker. We see a lot of uh, a lot of these these characters that are bigger than life on the ship. I'm sure, but it's the first time, and I think the best time Star Trek ever handles lower crew members. And I love Star Trek for so many reasons, but one of the main reasons I think I love it so much is because the universe is a universe I want to inhabit. And I want to be one of the lower decks crew members. That's that that's why I think I love it so much because I want to be I want to go to 10 forward with you know with with Sito uh, and Ben and 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 all of these people and and uh, lesser Vulcan guy from Voyager, the, his twin brother, Derek. whatever his name is. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to be there. I want to be... I'm not going to be... In the in the current situation I am in my life, I'm not going to be Lieutenant Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Uh, you know, I you lost be your there. leg, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be that person. But what I would be, it would be Ensign Dan. And... Uh, it just resonates with me on an emotional level in that way to think that I have a camaraderie, that this is an entire community of people, of like-minded people, of people who want to better the universe, of people who want to make, uh, have, enjoy their lives and contribute in some way to society as a whole, which I think these are all general Star Trek kind of opinions and, and views. I don't know. I just, I think this episode does it best and it really resonates with me emotionally and I love it. This is my favorite episode. So of Star Daniel, Trek. I have to ask when, when you, before you got the job you have now and you were looking for jobs, were you closing your eyes, crossing your fingers and going promotion, 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 promotion. <laughs> <laughs> you are aware that doing that is not going to help you achieve your promotion. Promotion, no, 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 promotion. No. Um, See, and, if, and, if you're if you're an ensign, Daniel, then I'm an enlisted man. You, you look uh, good in those unitards, and I think Philip's the only one who actually made it into <laughs> the uh, into the chain of command. Well, it's because <laughs> you know I my uh, aunt's from Alaska or Canada, and uh, no, I don't. Know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, it's so good. Well, you it's know, it's so- funny because this episode title is a concept. Oh, that's the lower decks episode we're going to do. Oh, let's do a lower decks story. Let's like that's the concept you can say on any show. Actually, I mean, we may include non Star Trek. We're going to do a lower deck show. You know, that shows what the you know, which we never got to see what the you know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to think of what the minor junior officer in Deep Space Nine was doing with the. The gear no, operator. And I, I don't know. The doors beats me. I don't yeah. know what they do. But uh, <laughs> the junior tailors. And it, the clo- like Voyager has the has two episodes I consider kind of close to this concept. It has the episode with when Tuvok yeah, is training yeah. the Maquis, like the the rebellious Maquis people, and then when when Janeway takes the kind of loser people from Voyager on a, an away mission. Like this guy who literally sits on the bottom of the ship and counts his toes. I don't know what he does, uh, but he she brings them three people on board her. I guess it's the Delta Flyer. I can't remember. But yeah, it's the Delta Flyer. I just watched that one where she's yeah. like the lost sheep. Yeah, the lost sheep. Yeah, exactly. And the that I actually like that episode. I think it's a solid Voyager episode, but it's not like this episode. 
it's not like this episode in a lot of ways. And this episode really makes Star Trek feel real And to I me. think this episode is one where, because um, this is like latter, last half seventh season, because I'm currently in my seventh season rewatch, and which is long, which to me in my mind I thought Parallels was like next to last, which is not. That's like the first third, so I keep waiting for like the series to end. I'm like, there's like eight million episodes that it still need to go on. You got less, like lower deck. But like to me with the first time I watch this, I'm like, why does she look familiar? Oh my god, first duty. Why the heck? Oh my, we're bringing characters back from season. Was that four? Season four or five, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, four. like I mean, like I ah, you know, and we're having prolonged conversations about it. I mean, gosh, that's pretty pretty cool. Now imagine if her escape pod had somehow slipped into the Delta Quadrant. What would have happened if she had met up with Tom Paris? We don't wait, know. Wait, wait. Her and Tom, Tom Paris, Paris is... in the scene together? I'm trying to picture if I can think about <laughs> what it would look like. It's, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. All right, guys. Listen, I, I am amazed. I am surprised. I cannot believe that we none of us picked the same episodes. I can't believe it. I it's... think that's why our show is so good, Daniel. We we all love Trek for different reasons and, and balance each that's other right. out. I mean, the fact that we did 21 episodes and none of us chose the same one, I think, gives uh, – now that we've done it here, 15 episodes. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I mean, you know, in, in all seriousness, I mean, like, for, for our listeners, I'm, I'm going to let you in a little uh, behind the bridge in the ready room here. Um, Darren, Daniel, and I met in no way when we got – chosen to do at earl gray we did not know each other when q descended <laughs> exactly. on the continuum <laughs> yeah. and chose us. zero never talked to each other seen each other read anything like the first time i we saw each other you know virtually was when we did the ready room together um and that was our hey these guys are doing earl gray so you know good luck to them um, and so, you know, no guarantee that, that, you know, we, we would work together, whatever, but like it has been an adventure this past year and, 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 and I've enjoyed getting to know Darren and Daniel and we are, as you can tell, radically different, not radically, but very different in how we view Trek and TNG. And it is a joy that the way we've done Earl Grey is that obviously we switch every week. And I think that brings a special flavor to it every week. Darren has his choices. Daniel has his choices. I have my choices. And I think maybe our, our listeners who've listened this long, God, God bless you if you have, um, know, can kind of get a taste of what we tend to choose. But it, we bring something new every day, and we, we hope you enjoy it because we certainly enjoy doing it. And we certainly, at least I'll speak for myself, I certainly enjoy getting together once a week and actually secretly more than that um, and talking to these guys. <laughs> And and not to bring it back to my first choice because I think it is the best, but no, but kidding. Uh, but we are like the lower decks people, right? Like we we are the people who are, we're just average guys that just we we met each other and and we're making the best of that we can. And we we have a, a lot of fun doing it. And if you'd like to choose uh, another bunk mate, I, I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's true. It's been a fantastic year, guys, and and to another. At least another year, or five, or ten, or whatever. I think we seven do. is the rule. Right. Like that's. Cr- There's seven. still plenty of numbers <laughs> left in the. Uh, plenty. In, plenty. In all of time. That's true. Uh, all right, well, guys, I mean, we love talking about TNG, and we love talking our favorite episodes of TNG. So take a listen, and see what you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm. Trek. 
Standard orbit. And like we were so busy, I, we didn't eat like all day. <laughs> I had yeah. a Red Bull around five o'clock, right before the parsecs. Uh, I could feel my teeth like tingling. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Earl Grey. He was robbing the bouquet, as a, as they say it in a in Klingon. <laughs> I, as a Klingon word, I just made up. Just just so you know. I think we could tell. The orb. What I also liked too was that. Nog said, put that in there too to Jake and let people decide. And that just summed up DS9 for me because DS9 is, you know, we're not going to tell you for sure he's a bad captain, even though obviously I think most people would agree that he was. To the journey! Oh yeah, Bellana's reading romantic fanfic. Not everything is fanfic, okay? This yes, could it be is. a legitimate author with a legitimate publisher. <laughs> no, this is Klingon Harlequin. You know it is. Warp 5. The Orions, there's something really complex going on within their society, and there's a long-term struggle where the women have flipped the table on the men, and how does that all play out? And it's something where I wish Enterprise had gone for seven seasons, and they could have continued to revisit this, and we find out more and more. The Ready Room. You know, people have seen that image. That that image in particular, just that still of her with the Desilu logo over it, is really iconic. Mm-hmm. And in fact, what I discovered is it's not a still. It's probably 26 different stills. Commentary, Trek stars. A number of scenes uh, from especially the end of Into Darkness are sort of lifted and adapted from Wrath of Khan to be used in this story. Lifted and Google translated into this version. Literary Treks. We all know Troy gets all the, the men that come on, the, the, the all the envoys, actually. You, you notice that she really likes these bad boy envoy men, you know? <laughs> she does. Continuing mission. How is Spock changing? How is he changed from the moment he met Captain Kirk from the, the, the non-mirror universe? What is his ultimate goal? Axanar, the official podcast. So basically, you've got this souped-up computer with this lens on the front of it. And um, because the resolution has increased so much with these cameras, the amount of data coming out of that camera is enormous. And join us in welcoming aboard Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. I'm really, really glad that you mentioned Parliament Funkadelic. I could not watch this at all without thinking about George Clinton. Yeah, so, uh, just every yeah. time he talks about going to Parliament, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would, I, who wouldn't want to go? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. And our sponsor for the show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, not to be confused with Spock's Brain, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books 
you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And you can also directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations anyway. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tabo Ushi, who does most of the artwork that you will see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which one you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show and the network to you each week. All right, guys. Well, it's been tremendous fun talking uh, about our five favorite episodes. Darren, what if somebody disagreed with you? What if someone said, hey, I hate all of your choices? How would they get all of you? Well, in the unlikely chance that someone disagreed with all of my five choices, uh, no, I would love to talk about it, find out what your favorite, you know, five choices are and and see if we can, you know, keep the dialogue going. But they can find me on Twitter under a username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And Philip, what about um, you? I noticed, Darren, that he didn't imply anyone would disagree with me. I just wanted no, to, yeah, I just no, wanted I, to I, I, caught, I caught that. I caught that. <laughs> so uh, they can find me on Twitter. My handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina. And, of course, they can log on to Trek.fm, click on articles, and read the Earl Grey fiction written and contributed by all three of us. And if anybody wanted to get a hold of me as well on Twitter, they could. Uh, I'm at one of Dan. That is the number one, not the word. All right, guys. I'm actually on my way to a covert mission with a Cardassian on a shuttlecraft. I really hope it goes well. Oh, but um, I'll talk to you when I get back, right? So, uh, you know, from all of us here at Old Gray for our first year, engage. Make it so. Live long and Fire. Fire.